0: Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought,
1: powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 241, brought to you by Hook'em.com and our good friends at Bud Light. Cedric Golden here with the Duck Kirk Bowles, Duck the Texas Longhorns are in free fall four straight losses, thirty to seven at Iowa State. I was there with the Davis boys and during that game, Duck, I said, man, they they they're just they're too comfortable. They need a, a bad cop in that locker room. They need a Roy Miller. They need a Brian Arakpo. And, you know, I was thinking about it over the weekend. I said, man, I'm going to text Roy Miller. And we had a nice conversation. And guess what? We're bringing Roy Miller to you.
2: Roy, what's was shaking, man? Not too much. Just like, like everybody else, I'm just trying to figure out what what happened.
3: And four losses in a row. I mean, you guys go through a whole season without, or two seasons without four losses. And it just, it's
2: a head-scratcher, isn't it, Roy? For sure. I mean, I, I just remember at one point during the season, just really looking at the team, and I'm like, we are finally contenders. Like, we are going to compete. And this is right about the same time the SEC was – the SEC talk was bu- bubbling up, and everybody, you know, everybody right. thinks we're in a soft conference and, and all that. Right. And at this time, we were. I think we had just put up 70 points. And I was like – Okay. We we're, we're back. Mm-hmm. We're back.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Roy um, Yeah, and and when I when you think of Roy Miller, duck, uh Roy Miller was a freshman on the 05 championship team and he's in there. He's in there with uh, going up against Winston Justice and 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 Deuce Latouille and those guys up front against USC in the championship game as a baby. And uh quiet as is kept Roy Miller and Brian Arakpo were members of Mac Brown's two best teams. Don't get it twisted, 08 would have worked 09 like a part-time job. That 08 team was beastly. Arakpo, Miller, a uh, Colt, Shipley, all on the same team, got screwed out of a chance to play for the conference title after the Texas Tech loss. Uh Roy, you told me we were texting this weekend, uh-huh. and and you mentioned to me that you ran scout team against NFL linemen. Uh, oh man! And that kind of got you ready for what was coming on Saturday. How important was it going up against Sinline and Stuttered and Blaylock? Uh,
2: I was. It was very important. You know, I. It was. It was kind of sucked because it just felt like we weren't good enough. You know. As freshmen, uh, go, going and battling against these guys every day, getting double teamed, we're getting to see the best. You know, at this at this time, we were downhill. You know, we obviously were in the zone option, but we were downhill. Uh, you know, smash my football. And so, you know, as as freshmen coming in, we would have to go against these guys and inside drill. And I mean, they they just we wore each other out. They definitely made us made us a lot tougher. I
3: mean, you look at look at the records, you know, Roy played 05, uh, 08. They lost seven games in four years. <laughs> <Seven>. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's laughable now. And now, you know, they've had losing seasons. You know, Charlie Strong had three losing seasons with seven losses. So it's just, I'm sure it pains you, Roy, as an alum and yeah. as a former star player. I guess, I guess every time you see somebody – did they rib you about Texas and, and ask what's going on? Oh, what was man.
2: wrong? Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, unfortunately, it started back, you know, when I was ever since that we, you know, Colt got knocked out the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, I'd be going to, you know, meetings at night, you know, on Saturday. Cause, you know, Saturday in the NFL, you know, everybody's kind of wearing their school uh, shirts around the hotel and everybody's kind of excited about their teams Man, I mean, it's, you know, everybody loves to pick on the one So <laughs> every Saturday, every Saturday night, man, we go on those team meetings. They be like, man, what? what's going on with you guys, man? And it's just, you know, you get tired of hearing that. Like, hey, I, and the crazy thing is you get tired of it because you don't, I honestly don't know what the answer is. Like, right? and I've tried <laughs> <He's a Judea>. <laughs> to, <laughs> right? Like, and I've tried to, to, to rationalize and I have my best opinions of, of all of that, mm-hmm. uh, specifically with the defense, but it's just kind of like I, I'm – you know, I, I, it really makes me um, – it gives me a whole other level of respect for what Max, uh did while he was there because even like moves like co-starting quarterbacks and this, like all of that stuff has an impact on your team whether you realize it or not, you know. And Coach yeah. Brown, I felt like did a – he handled that, and
1: those weren't easy things to do with so many, so much talent. You know I mean, what, though, Roy? The thing that just, just, uh, you know, you, you, sometimes you don't appreciate it when you're in the moment. And 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 right. from I got on this beat in o2 and Mac had it going by then. And by the time you came, you came along, uh, and Rack as freshman, uh, that thing was up and running, a championship in the yeah. bag, and uh, perennial national. Uh, national title contenders. I remember in oh seven you guys went ten and three and yeah. we're we're writing, man, what's going on in Texas? They they're slipping. They went <laughs> ten and three this year. Yeah. I mean that's how good you had it. And uh, you were the two thousand eight Fiesta Bowl MVP and first team all Big Twelve um and and you had some talented teammates and those guys now are part of that fraternity of alumni. Who are you talking to over these last four weeks, that you played with, and how frustrated are they? Because I know that you guys still stay in touch.
2: Well, you know, uh, uh, there, there's been some group chats. Uh, and it, I just, it's not, you know, a couple of years ago, it, we, we had a conversation, you know, we call each other and, and then, and, you know, hey, man, we, this would never happen, da da you know, we were there and all this kind of stuff. I don't know, man. Just over the years, it just kind of became like, uh, group chats became just like one emoji, like sad face or, <laughs> you know, angry face or whatever. Like, it's just kind of like, you know, I hate to say it, but people just don't, they expect somehow, some way, you know, this to take a lot more work than, you know, just, just riding off into, I guess, a, a new era and a new sunset of, of championship football.
1: What's missing, Roy? What's missing? What's missing Mm -hmm. from this team? What do they need? Is is, is it a bad cop? Because you famously, you and Arakpo, you would challenge your teammates. You're like, I I don't know which one of you, but one of you said, I will fight everybody in here if you don't bust your ass in in practice this week. Uh, Are they missing that in the locker room?
2: I cannot. First, I can't speak on what's happening in the locker room today. Mm -hmm. I know right. that there's guys that have this new mentality um, and, and we could talk for a while about NIL and all that kind of stuff that's mm-hmm. been introduced that I just, I, I like it, but it's it's not good for team sports. Wow. So I, mm-hmm. I'm kind of torn in, between, between, in right. between that. But there's these guys that, you know, I guess, I don't know how, I mean, there's social media stars and then there's guys that, you know, you're always thinking, even, you know, as I look back, you know, people were, were like, oh, I'm old school. You know, this thing kind you know, kind of when we were at Texas. We just kind of found found a way around. Obviously, social media wasn't as big of a presence as it is today. Like, right. and, and for that reason, I don't know how these guys navigate through, you know, reading all these comments about themselves and stuff like that. But it just takes a different player in today's day and age. But I think one one thing that we did – as a team is, you know, Coach Brown laid, you know, gave us this desire to be, to want to be the best in Texas. And he did a phenomenal job with that. And, you know, uh, Mad Dog, you know, prepared us in a way that we just felt like he did everything we could. And uh, we filled in that void in between to say, hey, it doesn't matter, you know, what Mad Dog does for us or what Coach Brown tells us if we don't take this for ourselves um, and make each other stronger, tougher, like we need to be the ones that challenge each other at the utmost high and doing that mentally, physically, emotionally throughout the summers, all that, like that's our training was all wrapped around all, like it was all of those things, you know, mental, emotional, physical, you know, all three of those, we we can, you know, we tended to throughout, throughout the year. And I just felt like, you know, the, our, our guys filled in that void to be emotional, where we made each other tough. We picked on each other. You know, we picked each other up off the ground and cracked, you know, well, I remember one time, you know, this story has gone around, I'm not don't name any names, but I remember rack, you know, ended up punching somebody because he just felt like they weren't, uh, you know, doing what they were supposed to do. In practice. Mm. I mean in in, a workout. And it just has to come to a place where, you know, this means so much to you. And it's so it's so above you. It's not even not about, you know, your accolades. It's not about you know, our focus was on was was stuck on one goal. Like it wasn't there wasn't all these other goals around, you know, anybody and and D.Y. you can say Vince Young, Aaron Ross, all those guys showed us you know, that it doesn't, like, we can be up for awards, win them, um, do all these things, but, hey, at the end of the day, like, that is not the ultimate goal. And I think we watched that, and we've seen that, and we've seen that, hey, we all are buy-in, and we you know, we and we win together. We all win individual accolades. So we weren't focused on, I think, like, what today's kids are. So it's hard for them not to focus on individuality. It's just in front of them everywhere so many and NIL just took that to a whole nother level and it's just like Guys the transfer portal is not like we buy in and we do what we say we're gonna do Mm -hmm. You know, we're gonna be successful and not only that like you you show yourself by, By doing these things to other teams and stuff by jumping around team, you know team to team and you're showing You know NFL teams that you're not in it for the long haul for the hard time And so, anyway, I feel like I'm ranting about it, but I just think guys, um, it's a it's a tough, uh, it's a tough uh, world for them to navigate through. But I just think, at some point, a guy's got to look at it like our success collectively is going to make us all individually uh, great, draftable, and award winners.
3: You're right, you're right. It comes back to accountability. I think that's what you're saying, Roy. It's just, you know, y'all didn't have the NIL. Y'all didn't have Transfer Portal. You didn't have Transfer Immediately Eligible that these guys faced. But that said, it still comes down to the individual person and accountability and, and raising each other up and challenging. And, and, like, you say you don't know what's going on in the locker room. We don't either. We're not in the locker sure. room. We don't know how much division or disunity there is, but it, it's all about, it's, it's, and you were a military brat growing up and, and mm-hmm. played in Killeen. So you're aware of the military and you're only as strong as the guy next to you. And right. I don't know. I just personally think that accountability is missing. And maybe, I don't know, said, you know, maybe players are playing too much for themselves and not for the, the team name on the Jersey.
1: And, you know, and, 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 I just, I see. You know, uh, Brian Davis asked um, Brian Davis asked uh, Sarkeesian, He goes, "Why is this team lost?" And Sark goes, I, "I, I disagree with that." Um, uh, but if you're not lost, then where are you? If you just lost thirty to seven to Iowa State, I mean, and Iowa State It's uh, denial. It's denial, and and yes. Uh, we were in the interview room and we heard Sark yelling at him, you know in in the locker room and that's fine. They needed to be yelled at, but uh, somewhere along the line, I don't know that the message is getting through and Roy, I'll ask you this. Uh, after all of those games where they led in the second half by double digits and gave it up and lost four straight games, uh, including that 28 to 7 lead to OU, I mean, sooner or later, this just going to have to be a crushing effect on a young person uh, because as much as the, the coaches talk about how, how, how they're going to compartmentalize and get back in there, uh, isn't it just human nature to just feel like, man, this is who we are? We're a team that can't close.
2: Yeah. I mean, especially if this is the first year, your first year coaching, you know cuz the guys are trying to figure out they're trying to trust the coach you know and, right. and it's uh they're learning through every game like who we are like they don't know who they who they are they only know that they just need to follow coach and so you know you put a couple of these games together and now you got the team trying to figure out hey are we being are we being led the right way and mm-hmm. I mean that's unfortunate, but I mean that's just the way you got to earn. You know, after all the you know the hoorah of coming in and all that stuff, coaches. Every single coach has to earn the respect of players and vice versa. And I think really good, right. you know, head coaches figure that out. You know, there's some, there's a lot of coaches that come in and think, hey, these guys just need to buy in and do what I tell them to do, and those guys don't last. That long. But, it's a
3: two-way
2: uh, street, like you said. Yeah, it, it is. Especially today, like these guys are almost—they almost have the individuality as NFL players in today's college, in the sense of uh, the freedom to make money, the freedom to leave. You know, they—you you, kind of have to approach. You know, the old-school college coaching was—you guys better buy in, or else you—you you will be—you know—going be, you know, to work. You know, you'll be trying to figure out a new career here in a couple of years. Yeah, and so now it's a little—it's a little different. But I, I think, yeah, I, I think, I think the hardest part for me is I—I I don't understand. And who am I? I'm just a spectator fan, you know. This a guy that went there that loves the school, but I don't understand the defense. Wow. Like, I watch these guys play. And it just doesn't seem like there's any accountability in in gap schemes. And and to me, when you first come in and you're a coach and you don't have a A plus B equals C, like guys don't know how to tackle, you know. And that's that's one thing I see when I watch. I'm like looking at guys running towards these defenders, and there's no clear, you know. You watch any NFL, not any NFL, most teams. That play really good defense. You see three guys coming at a, at a defender at one time, you know, outside from both outside and then inside, like mm-hmm. right? force, pursuit, you know, guy running, you chase the guy down in a field player. And when you watch defenses that don't play fundamentally, uh, gap, they don't play gap scheme defense, like they're not responsible for each gaps. Those guys don't know how to approach, like, Hold and make tackles for losses, and I think that's that's very important if you want to stop the run because you need negative plays. Like negative plays, automatically on first down, cut down the offense's ability to convert in the second, ten and twelve, second twelve, and automatically, offensive coordinators, you know, brains start going all over the place trying to figure out what to do, you know, and so if. That's one thing that Coach Brown was always about, getting upfield. You know, but we knew, like I was watching the play uh, goal line, and I watched Murphy, you know, playing playing, a head up on the center. Mm -hmm. He got a double team. The guy next to him was in the three technique, and so the guard was blocking him. Mm -hmm. There's a linebacker back there, and he doesn't know what to do. In my mind, and in everybody, you know, you have to shoot that gap. And go get to go to make the play. Gap
1: yep, integrity. And, Tigger, and that's just
2: that's I don't that's fundamental. That's but I just don't. It doesn't look like the guys are very confident in knowing right. where they're supposed to be, and that's frustrating yeah. to me.
3: Yeah, you know that's that's some instant stuff, Roy. Uh, the other the other philosophy I always want to touch on and ask you about, Roy, is that can it be too comfortable? in Austin Texas and you got locker rooms that are ten thousand dollars a piece you got this <laughs> brand new South end zone renovation a hundred thousand people and luxury hotels and, it, and it's come up before even when Mac was here is that that whole soft image and and mm-hmm. I think you touched on it very well you, you basically college athletes are almost free agents now of sorts like you said almost NFL players with freedom to make money, freedom to leave anytime they want. So do you think maybe it's a lot, a lot goes back to comfortability and maybe some of these athletes don't have the chip on their shoulders, like maybe y'all did?
2: Oh man, I, <laughs> I, I think, I think about this a lot too. It's like, and there hasn't, they can't, there can't be an issue within Texas high school coaching. Associate, like I don't, right. I don't think there's an issue there. Mm-hmm. I mean, no. I I was raised by coaches that, hey, shake my hand, you know, look me in the eye, hey, boy, give me, a, you know, firm handshake, you know, pick your pants up. So you know, we yep. had a, we you know, we had to say, you know, we couldn't have facial hair. That that's kind of how we were raised, so we weren't necessarily just taught to be uh, the individuality wasn't there. So I don't. I'm not, you know, I don't know where that, that came from or where, where that's because it it just seems like guys are just so promoted, you know, I don't know if it's just like our recruiting coordinators that just blast these guys with like these edits. I don't know what it is that has these guys coming in thinking that, you know, they made it, but yeah, ever since 05. It was, it was the same, you know. We dealt with that was the biggest problem. I felt like that Texas was dealing with after we won the national championship, and I felt like we, we, us that were there, understood like the struggle that it took to get to that point, you know. And then there were guys that came in, and they felt like, you know, they were part of that. And I, was, we were just like, you know, they walk around, you no, know, they walk around. University, and they kind of benefited from, you know, they signed autographs with the team, you know, and stuff like that. I was was like, well, come on. You guys didn't do what what we did. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was our job to remind them, like, we own the same team, but we're not, you know, we're not this. we don't come from the same, like, mentality. Like, we didn't just sign here, you know, thinking, you know, just we didn't just walk into a championship team. Y'all earned
3: it. Y'all earned it.
2: And it's hard to say that because I was there a year, but I mean, I still put, you know, we still put the the work in. You know, those guys built that thing up, and we came in and, and added to it. But what I'm saying is, those, we watched the struggle, and we watched the, the guys with so much humility. The guys like Vince Young, you know, Blaylock, Sin Sinlin, Stutter. These guys were great players, but the humility that they brought, the reverence that they that they had for the game, is what we sat there and watched and we're, we're, you know, looking at that. Like we can never forget that this is how you get to that point. And then we just, we watched guys come in year, year after year and they, you know, I just feel like they, they, we felt like, you know, some of the older guys, you know, we were like, we have to get these guys on board into our mentality so that we can, you know, just continue to work. Continue to grind, and that that's going to be the formula for success. But I mean, Texas has been dealing dealing with that for for a long time, and it's it's hard to say because we were we were Texas guys, and, and a lot of us were, you know, I guess quote unquote nobodies. You know, you look at our class, you know, JerMichael Finley, Jamal Charles, you know, uh, Henry Melton. Uh, all these guys, you know, Aaron, Aaron Lewis, all these guys weren't supposed to be Colt McCourt, weren't supposed to be anything. You know, if you really look at it, not anything, but, you know, we weren't supposed to be. Uh, and then when you look at it, you say, wow, Texas just won a national championship, but they just signed these guys. <laughs> From the outside perspective, you could be thinking, like, oh, like uh-oh, like, or, you know, what's going on? But – you know, that was just kind of our mentality was like, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to be defined by any of that. And we obviously, like I said before, we were shown by the leaders and seniors uh, just the, uh, what it was going to take to to take our game to the next level and to keep it a team thing. Well, the last so one for I, me. I, I oh, could not yeah. tell you, man. But, uh, <laughs> where that chip comes from. But it's damn It's all across. I mean, I go to the NFL scouts, the NFL draft, and they'd be like, ah, oh, man, Texas, oh, you guys are soft, man. Oh, wow. One thing, me and Wright, you know, were, we're sitting there at the combine doing bench press, and I'm sitting there yelling at Wright, like, hey, man, you better, you know, you better get you a couple reps. You be, these guys think we're soft, man. I'm yelling at him as he's doing, he's throwing up his bench press. Man, it was, it's funny, you gotta ask Rack about it. Rack slapped me in the face, then I went up there and. <laughs> that was funny. He, he slapped me a little bit too hard, too. I, I never <laughs> really got to. Rack's a slapper. And then, man, I, I went up there. And, but, yeah, I mean, everybody was just like, everybody thought we were just soft. And that was just something that I always stuck with with uh, our mentality throughout the league. It's like, bro, you know, we hear that. It's. it's uh, it's time to, to turn, you know, turn that tide.
1: Let yeah, me sure. ask you this: the last one for me is Sarkeesian the guy to get this done. What do you know about him?
2: Wow, That's, I know that. I don't know much about him. I know that there's some great offensive coordinators that can't be head coaches. I'm not saying that, you know, with them, don't know. Right. But there's there's a difference between, you know, being able to, you know, commit, you know, write a play, you know, know where guys are supposed to be. And then sitting in front of a team, trying to get them, you know, riled up and get their whole, and unpack their emotional, uh, their mind. And, Get them ready to to play. Like those, I've I've been around. You know, they in the NFL. NFL take chances on guys. Nothing right. You know, they, if a if a coach, if they got to fire coach, they'll hire somebody that they just think potentially. You know, maybe he was a great offensive coach, and you see it. You know, you, it's like wow, you you were like so detailed and great. You know, coach. You know, defensively, but you know when it comes to you coming around the entire team and actually, um, you know, getting everybody, holding everybody accountable, you know, not showing favoritism to certain guys, uh, you know, playing time, understanding the ramifications of your choices. A lot of those guys don't, you know, that, that's a, that's a tough thing to do because every decision you make, you know, you're showing guys like, like, I don't like this, uh, let's, let's co-start, you know. If you're going to pull a guy, pull him. You know, play play the guy that you think is the best guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that's good for competition. But I I don't like the switching because it shows your team that we're not sure. We're not sure, and it's weak. But eight, nine, I don't know what weak this is, but you're showing your team in the middle of the season that we don't have this together. And we didn't have it figured out. We're not, we're not confident, but we, we've had time to try to figure that out. Now, you know, now guys don't, you know, you got your receivers that don't know the timing of their routes. They don't know what kind of routes this guy likes to throw. You know, we, we – it just kind of messes with the chemistry. You know, you got guys that look up to and are devoted to and tell themselves, hey, I'm going to give 100% to you, um, Casey. Or card, and then you switch them, and it's just kind of like in their mind, it's just kind of like, well, time, like, you know, it just it does something. So I, I, I don't know, I don't know what kind of, uh, I I don't know. I I do know that it's it's not easy to to just be a head coach, and especially at Texas, you know, you you have to deal with, you know, Coach Brown you know, a lot, you know, he had to deal with so much that we, you know, looking back at, at it and seeing him at practice, you see him, you know, talking to different people, talking to players all the time. He just, and he'd always be writing stuff down and he'd be like, you know, what is, what is coach really, you know, what is he doing, you know? And really he was filling out the whole team. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't spending a whole lot of time, you know, watching the defense, watching the offense. He was, writing notes about every little thing that he felt like needed to change. He'd look at people. He, you know, we got into an argument, me and Lamar Houston one time. He was like, listen, Roy, don't ever do that again on a a Friday practice. Like, we we don't need that, you know, emotionally. We're just trying to, we're trying to gain confidence on the way to Saturday. Like, we don't need our, we don't need that. If y'all want to do that, we can talk about that after practice. And that stuff makes sense. But you have to be you have to have great, you know, awareness of your of your team. You know, and, and I just think that Coach Brown not not only did he have that, he knew the rhetoric of Texas, you know, he knew how to tell us, you know, hey, it's all about the state of Texas. He knew by recruiting players in Texas and getting the you know, Texas High School Coaches Association on his back that he could have the be you know, that he had his, his choice of getting the best players in Texas. And I, I don't know, like those things are just not X's and O's. You know, those those are uh, it's just a different perspective that I think uh young head coaches or coaches have to figure out in general. But I I, I refuse to just give up and just think that these guys are just done. You know, I, I feel like we just need to study a group of guys out there and I think we need to change our defense. And I think we, we obviously second half, we need to, we need to pick it up. You know, I, I don't, um, understand that, but I, I just think there's some things that we can do. And I think Coach Shark can figure this thing out and, and get these guys back.
3: You're right about head coaching and being coordinators are two totally different animals. You know, you're a hundred percent right on that, Roy. I mean, You look at uh, Dave McWilliams; he was as good a defensive uh, coordinator as this school has ever had. And Mm -hmm. you know, then he comes here and he has three losing seasons. You know, and doesn't keep his job. Will Muschamp, to me, just a brilliant defensive coordinator. He's been a failure as a head coach at at Florida and South Carolina, and may never be a head coach again. It's a tough thing, and that's why they're making five and six million dollars, but. But uh, you know the other thing too. Do you keep changing the head coaches? And you know, I mean, you know, Mac Brown had nine straight double-digit winning seasons, and since oh9 uh, there's been one, one double-digit winning season in 12 years, and that's when they went 10 and four, lost four games, beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. So this thing is contagious, and it's spiraling and. It's going to take – I think – I agree with you, Roy. I think it's going to take the players looking each other in the eye and said, we're tired of this crap, and we're going to change it. Just like you said, Lamar Houston talking to you about a Friday practice. You know, it has to happen every day, and I just think you understand it probably better than a lot of people, Roy.
2: Well, definitely been through it. Um And definitely want to see these guys, these guys win. Sometimes I wonder, is it, is it our expectations that, you know, as we get a head coach fired every, every year or two, you know, what do you, what do you guys think? Is it, is it the fan base that, is it, is it a Del Conte? Like what, I don't, I mean, obviously the players can do it, need to do what they can, but I, I think, just think our fans
1: have no yeah, yeah, I think I think you guys set the bar really high. And Texas fans, I mean, you know, you know, you win in O five and people are, like, okay, we're back. And I'm like, Okay, that's great. But one championship since nineteen seventy and it's this isn't Tuscaloosa, this isn't Clemson, this isn't Columbus. Uh the expectations are there but the expectations are way overblown because it's Texas and it's not because they put in the work, uh, since Mac Brown left, you've had 2 you've had two. uh, the Charlie strong hire turned out to be a bad hire. I really like Charlie turned out to be a bad hire. Tom Herman won games, but lost his locker room. And now you got Sarkeesian who was above average as a head coach, a uh, great offensive coordinator. So, and, uh, uh, i think that uh Pete Kwiatkowski is 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 on a on a career cooler right now as the defensive coordinator so I, I wrote earlier that changes need to be made uh in the off season you can't stay pat with this and uh the question that CDC is gonna have to ask and kevin l type did we hire the right guy and that's a big if yes it is and uh
3: wish we had all the answers and i think it's uh... You know, like plugging holes in the in the, in the dike. You know, we just, you plug one hole and something else springs up. So it's it's hard to know. It's frustrating, and uh, you know, we all wish Texas was back in the glory days in the 2000s, and Roy was here, and they go 45 and seven over four years. But kind of seems like a lifetime ago. But uh, man, Roy, we appreciate you. you so much, and you dropping some knowledge on us, and uh, it's just been. Great fun chatting with you and reminiscing about some of the good old days, too.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Hey, Roy, uh, thanks, man, and uh, we'll chop it up soon. Take care. Okay, you too. All
3: right. Bye, Roy. Thank you. On Second Thought.
1: Doug, joining us uh, via the hotline here at the Dungeon Vic Schaefer, Texas women's basketball coach, the Longhorns crushed New Orleans 131-36 on Tuesday at Club Irwin, off to a raucous 1-0 start, and they get the defending national champion Stanford Cardinal on Sunday, 2 o'clock on ESPN. Vic, how are you today, sir?
4: Good morning. I'm uh, doing well. Thanks for having me this morning, guys.
3: Well, is the start of the season like Christmas Day for you, Vic?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, you're just – your kids have worked hard. We've had 28 practices. You're ready to do something other than look at each other, and, um, you know, you're ready to be on the same team pulling on the same end of the rope. And so, you know, you're – we didn't have a good exhibition, guys, to be honest with you. I was not pleased with our effort, Um and I've got all the reasons and excuses for that. Playing in Gregory, that right. court has got more lines on it than, you know, a piece of paper. <laughs> uh, and, and and it just, you know, we practiced in there one day. I mean, it's just all kinds of things. But,
3: yeah. At yeah.
4: The day, you know, we needed to play harder and play smarter and um, and, and with more energy and effort. And And so... That's been a real focus for us in practice, and boy, I thought last night our kids were like piranhas on a roast. Man, they were they were <laughs> in it and and really energetic, and um, and just they they just you know we talk about Texas fight all the time, and we really like to to wear that. And I, I thought we had all of that and then some last night. We obviously had three two guards go for sixty. Um, we had a freshman go on a you know, a personal 21-point run in about a four-minute stretch, <laughs> making seven threes. Um, you know, it just it, – it, it, our, our kids were just chomping at the bit to get out there and play, and, boy, they played really well.
1: Well, you got seven new faces on this uh, team, and uh, a couple that uh, really uh, got my attention on Tuesday night. Uh, first of all, your, your freshman point guard, Rory Harmon, right uh, I'm writing about her in today's paper. Um she seems wise beyond her years. Uh she's hard she's tough from uh, that Houston area, the suburbs where where some of the best players in the country come from and man she took over that offense and uh and and really ran the show, particularly on defense. What did you think about her debut?
4: I thought it was really good. Uh again, I think I think you know when she's up there creating issues for um, the other team's point guard. You know, defensively, I think everybody behind her plays a little harder. And I just thought she was special in the press. I thought she was special in half-court defense. Um, I'm not sure. I don't. I think she had one turnover.
1: Yeah, eight assists, one and,
4: turnover. Uh, so, you know, played a a really clean game. But played with a lot of passion and and a lot of energy, and and so I mean, look, that kid's special. There's no question. There's a, there's the there. She's got a presence about her on both ends. Yeah, there's and a lot. And again, of- you have to respect a kid that plays that hard, and I think everybody in the arena uh, saw that.
3: Yeah, I think you'll take a ratio of eight assists to one turnover <laughs> you most nights. Yeah.
4: no no question. No question,
3: and you mentioned Kendall Hunter. I just went crazy. He was seven threes, That's and crazy. I know she didn't play the first quarter. I don't know. Was it something to do with her exhibition play, or were you just trying to work her in?
4: Well, I mean, we we basically have tryouts every day, and um, you know, we 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 went, I went with a big line. You know what I think? I think is going to be critical for us to to win. Big games I, I, we play Audrey at four a lot, but you know Audrey can get exposed uh, at four if she has to go against another six three you know four player um but Audrey holds her own most nights oh, yeah. you know against other teams fours, but we saw in the South Carolina game we've seen in the Baylor games over the years. It's just if we're gonna win those games guys we've got to we've got to have size at four but i can't right. take audrey off the floor so i play her at three uh, i mean she is my leading scorer after an exhibition and a closed scrimmage so i can't just put her on the bench uh, <laughs> right. she's my best defensive player best chemistry player i mean so you know we started you know we started uh Deanna at five last night in um in um uh, Leah Moore at four. And, you know, to me, I mean, that's that's gonna be a lineup. You throw Lauren in there at five. And then of course we had the other freshman from, from Canada come off the bench and played really well. And all she does, guys, is gets better every day. Latasha Latimore is gonna be a monster. And and she just gets better with every day of practice. Um, again, that's a kid that's been out with a significant injury a year ago during COVID, couldn't rehab properly, um, didn't even have a knee brace when she got here. Mm. And so now, every day, she's coming. And, boy, I thought last night she was unbelievable. And it's just every day it's something different with her. So, you know, the answer to your question with Kendall is we have competition every day. Kendall knows. uh, I, I love the offense of any player. But if you're giving up the same number or you stand out and you're not playing as hard as I want you to play, that's mm-hmm. always, a, a, you know, something that goes into the equation, right? And mm-hmm.
3: so she sure. uh, yeah.
4: had some educational opportunities in that exhibition game. You know, the film don't lie. And, mm-hmm. um, and so we watched some film of everybody. And, uh, you know, you see what you need to do um, and, and what you need to correct.
1: You know, um, there, there's nothing like, uh, you know, for me, having played the game, I, I was instant offense on both ends. You don't want to be that guy. You don't <laughs> want to be that guy. And so uh, you mentioned Latasha Lattimore. I mean, I, I I watched. I was there, and, and she's got a little inside out to her. She's got some stretch four in her, and it's four with those long arms, Vic. That's the kind of player you were missing last year against the South Carolina when they had those big girls that were banging Audrey around. What kind, what kind of flexibility is that going to give you, especially in the Big 12 when you're going to be coming up against some bigger teams?
4: Yeah, you hit it right on the head. I mean, she is a stretch four. Um, you know, I don't want – I don't like anyone being a finesse player. We want to be tough, physical, and aggressive at every position. Uh, I thought, guys, last night, I thought she – she took an on-ball charge last night on a drive to the rim which is encouraging for me. I get excited about that kind of stuff because <laughs> I think her technique is good her footwork was good. I mean, it was close. It was right in front of me and and uh I just thought, "Man, uh uh I was just excited to to uh to see it." So, and then she was a great help defender as well. So, um, you know, we'll uh keep working with her but man she's she was exciting uh um so to to watch again her growth y'all and in in just the short time she's been here and uh you talk about a great kid now um Mm -hmm. you know i've been doing this 37 years and i can count on about two fingers maybe (laughs) one how many times i've asked a kid hey how you doing you enjoying?" you know, Texas. Mm -hmm. And she's, her answer is, man, coach, it's amazing. Oh, cool. I mean, I ain't had too many student athletes describe their experience. They may say, oh, everything's good, coach, or I'm good, but amazing. I mean, (laughs) the kid is just, I love her to death and um, just enjoy coaching her. When you, when you say her name, it, she looks you dead in the eyes. When you're done, it's yes, sir. And I mean, I, I just. You gotta love kids like that, and we got a lot of we got some kids like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, y'all are more athletic this year, and you know, better shooters. Uh, clearly, you can get to the rim. Uh, do you like the versatility? You mentioned a little bit of how you can use Audrey. Uh, do you like the overall versatility? Uh, and how many players uh, you think you'll end up in your rotation? You got some depth.
4: Well, you're right uh it it's uh it it's i guess the answer is you know i went into the game last night trying to get you know probably nine kids ready for sunday mm-hmm. and i come out of it i come out of it with more than that <laughs> you know i got thing. more than that you know showing me hey coach i'm i'm ready to help and and so that's always a good thing i mean I think our style of play is always good to have depth. We had no depth last year, right. and um, you know, our, uh, but yet we didn't change our style of play, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, from from that standpoint, uh, I would love to have, you know, I'd love to have more depth than I know what to do with. If sure. um, <laughs> it comes an issue for me to keep everybody happy. And, and, hey, I, I welcome that challenge. So, you know, got kids really doing a good job competing. I mean, look, we had three two guards go for 60. We ought to have some really good competition at two guard the next three days. <laughs> no and, yes, kidding.
1: Speaking of two guards, you, you got the venerable Joanne Allen-Taylor, uh, a senior. You had to play her at point guard some last year, but now now it seems that she's going to be able to settle in at that too and man she had the jumper was going last night a very steady player how important is her locker room presence gonna be on Sunday when you guys are in Palo Alto against the defending national champions who are returning four starters
4: yeah I mean I'm gonna lean heavily on her and Audrey Um, you know and I can throw Lauren in there as well I mean those three have been to the wars they've played against teams like that um, uh, it, it's you know I tried to tell him last night after the game you know you you go in there and you're all tied up and you're nervous or you're scared I mean you got no chance right you got to go in there and, and, and like Joe said in the press conference last night you go into those ga- in a game like that first of all nobody gives you a snowball's chance in hell of winning And Mm -hmm. I've been in a lot of the games like that, guys, in my career, and I've come out on the other side in pretty good shape. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So while you play the game, right? You don't win or lose on paper, and and so but you got to go in there really ultra focused. That's what Joe said last night. I love that. Mm -hmm. It's a good. You go in there ultra focused, but you got to turn it loose. I mean, you 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 can't go in there all tied up. It's like a a baseball player going to the plate. And, and you're, you're guessing.
2: Yep. You know,
4: you're guessing what the guy's throwing. You're, is it going to be fastball? Or I'm going to sit on a fastball. You get three straight breaking balls and you're sitting in the dugout because you <laughs> struck out hoping that he threw you a fastball instead of, what, reading the spin on the baseball, mm-hmm. right? You react mm-hmm. to the spin. So if you go up there all tied up, you got no chance. Same thing with us. If we go in there all tied up, it ain't going to be good. You got to go in there and turn it loose. You got to play your guts out on defense. You got to make people uncomfortable. You got to be you. We got to do us. And that's enough. And so I think our kids, I mean, I'll be, it could happen. You know, we could go in there with a bunch of green tomatoes, as I call them. And, you know, (laughs) we could, we could be all tied up. And nobody would, you know, criticize that at all. I mean, we have nine Mm. players, y'all. In their first or second seasons of competition, and I, I, I seven of them are newbies, but I throw those two junior college players in there too because even sure. though they might have played two years of basketball, that's a completely different level, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And yeah, so absolutely. Our 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 experience and and, and, and and is just really obviously evident. So we we got to go in there and and, and turn it loose, but. Uh, I'm excited about the opportunity. Excited to take them in there and take those kids in there, and, and 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 you know we'll have a real understanding of where we are after after we play on Sunday.
3: Absolutely, and you mentioned Joette. She just looks like a different player to me almost, but she looks in shape and committed, and uh, as you say, she she's all in, is she?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I just think we have a better understanding and relationship and when i say that it's not that we had a bad one it's just like i said last night man it's hard to develop any kind of relationship with anybody if if one or both always has a mask on
3: Mm -hmm. it's just
4: hard you know you you don't get to know somebody you don't get to know their their attitude their passion their demeanor. i mean it's just impossible and you know i have so much respect and admiration for joe she's a you know, mechanical engineering major, three point wow. seven GPA. I'm, I'm trying to get her in front of Elon Musk um, <laughs> because nice. he'd be crazy not to hire her. I mean, he's <laughs> moved his plant here to Austin because nice. he wants our he wants our students from the from the, you know Macomb School of Business. Well, hell, he's got one of the most competitive student athletes that you can possibly have um, <laughs> right here. That's got all the experience that I would want in my locker room, uh, as a, as an industry, I mean, who else would you, who else is better fit to be competitive if, if that's what, which I'm going to assume the car industry is pretty competitive.
3: <laughs> She's put her business card out there on the floor every night. Yes, yeah. So you know.
4: I, I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm, I've been working with the president's office and, and we're trying to get her in front of him, but, you know, that's a kid that's passionate, man. You look in her eyes in a huddle, and man, I, I just, you know, I really love the kid. And and again, uh, yeah, she plays really hard, and, and so I'm happy for her. And you know, she's got some help. That's the thing. You know, there were times last year, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of help on the floor. And I think about this team this year, we've we've probably got a few more weapons. You mm, know, no kidding, so, no question.
1: Vic, I, uh, you know, and you know, this is women's basketball, so I, I'm tread carefully here. But uh, she walked into the presser last Tuesday night, and I'm like, I mean, and she was never a big girl, but she looks very <clears throat> lean. I mean, did y'all get after her in the gym because she looks taller and thinner and and more lithe than she did last year? Who's this, Joe?
4: Well. I mean, I don't know. I just think the kid, you know, takes good care of herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, She's a veteran, you know, and she knows what it takes. And, uh, you know, our kids work really hard everywhere, in the weight room, on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, we do coach them, and, you know, we have a, a great nutritionist that deals with them, um, you know, from that perspective. So all that plays into, you know, a daily routine for these kids. And, and I think Joe is that person that, nice. um, you know, really, really adheres to a strict, uh, regimen every day.
3: Can, can you talk about Kendall Hunter a little bit? And, and also your, your shooting philosophy. It, it seems like sometimes you kind of want your guys to pass up three, maybe for getting, getting a better shot, not take the first three, but, so if you just kind of address your shot-selection philosophy, and, and is Kendall Hunter going to be your microwave offense this year? <laughs> I love that, Doc.
4: I love that. You're bringing back a great one in Vinny when yeah. you say microwave. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. great. There's a lot of people don't even know who Vinny was. I... <laughs> we do.
1: Vic, I'm going to tell you. you, the Bill Lambert said it best. He goes, Vinny Johnson, and for those you don't know, he was the the sixth man on the bad Boy Pistons that won two championships. He said he's the greatest player from Baylor. Greatest player to never play in an all-star game. That's the ultimate compliment right there.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, um, my philosophy on shooting is simply this. If you've proven it in practice, I don't. Mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me at that point. And, yeah. uh, you know... Victoria Vivian's had a green light for me when she crossed half court and you say, well, why? Well, because I've seen her make a bunch of them, you know, I watched her make a bunch of them when I was recruiting her. Uh, I saw her make them playing for me. So what everybody else would think was a bad shot a lot of times was just mm-hmm. a shot that, that I was very comfortable with. So the more our guys, you know, our kids make shots, um, you know, the less they'll hear from me on shot selection. Now, um, when we're running certain things in dribble drive, um, I'm you know I'm wanting I'm wanting certain things to happen before we pull it on a three. But you know, anytime there's dribble penetration and kick, mm-hmm. uh, and you're wide open and got your feet, you know, Aaliyah Matharu, um, Kendall Hunter, true. Kobe. Uh, those guys have the green light, and they know that. I mean, they got to make shots for us, y'all. And, right. and that's my thing with with all of them is, you know, you got to make shots. So if you're not making shots, get in the gym, because mm-hmm. you know that's what that's what we got to have from you. Offensively, is when we do our job, and and you know, uh, Audrey dribble penetrates and takes up two and kicks or Rory or Ashley
3: and we get you a wide open look you got to make shots for us that's what it's about that's what it's about and like I say you, you you've got some depth you got some options and, and that uh, so you better play defense if you want to stay on the floor that's that's always where it's going to start with you and uh, we've we hit on Stanford a little bit and uh, it, it's a good measuring stick for you guys real early in the game. Uh, as Ted said, defending national champion, you guys come in 25th and obviously very, very hungry. Uh, do you look at this as just an early barometer? And I know you're more than a measuring stick. You're going in for a win, don't get me wrong. But it's a big test early in the season, is it not?
4: Yeah, it is. I mean, it it's a lot to ask of, of my team and uh, at the same time. You know, I just don't think we're scared. I mean, I'm not. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think our kids will be. Uh, I'll be disappointed if we are. Uh, I think we recruit the kinds of players and and competitors that, you know, really want this type of challenge. Um, this is why you came to Texas. And so, um, you know, for us, it's about preparation. I got to do my job as the coach the next two days. Um, Getting us ready for, for our first practice on Thursday. They're off today, and then we've got to have three great practices Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then it's an early game on Sunday. We play at noon Pacific time, which is two Central. You know, on a national stage, and uh, you know, um, it's it, you know, ESPN thinks enough of it that number one they ask us to play in it. Number two, they're they're sending arguably the the number one um, TV crew in, in the in the country to cover it, and, and so you know, we need to go in there and play well. That's, again, if we come out of there and, and we get beat, but we played our guts out, I'll have no problem. I got no mm-hmm. issue. I just mm-hmm. want to play hard. You know, I don't right. want to fall over. I don't want to go 24 out of 43 at the free throw line and lose by nine, and you, <laughs> you, you your free throws, you know, you win the game. I mean, I those are hard love lessons learned, y'all, that every team does that, right? They they learn, oh well, we'd have won the game if we hadn't have gone nine for nineteen, we lost by six. Well why go through why why do you have to lose a game going nine for nineteen from the free throw? Why can't you fix that before you ever get to that mm-hmm. point? You know, I don't need to get beat twenty to or get smacked to get my attention. Mhm tell that to our kids all the time I I'm always coaching against the ghost I'm always (laughs) about somebody what somebody else might do to me um, or might throw at me so I'm constantly trying to prepare our kids for those situations I mean you just don't know but for me as a coach I, I don't you know I'm always wanting to make sure that we don't have that life lesson or that athletic lesson I want to prevent it, you know, from the get go. I've got kids that love to finger roll them layups. Well, <laughs> I'd hate to lose a game by one point and you missed a, a, a finger roll. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and you know, it just—it's just a—it's it's just, just something I've always—I've um, always felt. And uh, again, my job to convey that to our team.
3: Ted, I love—I love coaches that remember the details and specifics and they always remember the losses more than they do the wins. Of course. It just sticks in their crawl.
4: Well, I hate losing a lot more than I like winning. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I just – I, I uh, you know, it's hard to win. I heard Coach Beard tell his group that last night, don't ever take it for granted. And at the same time, you know, we're going to have three of these games – or four of these games early in non-conference, on the road, top 25 teams, national TV. Okay? This is it. So what are we going to do? You know, do we, are we going to have to get busted in the head four times to learn a lesson? I mean, you know, that's not it. I don't need that. You know, we're we're good enough to go in there and compete in all of them and win, but we're going to have to play well. And playing well entails a whole lot of things, not just one or two. Mm-hmm. So. That's my job as a coach to make sure we do it.
3: Oh yeah, right. And you got and you got recruiting class. You're ranked third in the country last year, and it seems like you went for a little more size, a little more uh, uh, depth in the front court. Is that a little bit what your philosophy was this recruiting go around, Vic? Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, I
4: still haven't gotten the okay y'all to talk about my recruiting class this morning, even though I think all their paperwork's in, but just a general statement. I, I, I love, uh, um, I love my class. Uh, I just got a text. I can talk about Jockalinga. So Jockalinga's is out of South, South Dakota. She's probably, mm-hmm. she's the highest rated, um, you know, kid in our class. She's, uh, really right. jumped on the scene, top twenty-five a year ago at the Wooten camp in Dallas. Uh, long, athletic, 6'2", uh, with guard skills. Um, mom played at ODU um, wow. for wow. Wendy Larry, and uh, and so uh, good. News. Uh, so uh, it, you know, it's just it, it's exciting to to get. To get her, she's on the number one volleyball team in the state of South Dakota right now, and wow. so she's in the middle of that. Um, and, and so, but you know, it really, her best basketball is way in front of her, y'all. And and that's what again I'm excited about being able to develop her. But she is a big, long, tall wing that can that can really, I think, give us uh, her along with you know. Our others they're all six two six three mm-hmm. uh, you know players with with guard skills um, so I can't talk about the other two right now because there was there's a, there's there's an issue with with some paperwork but Jockalinga is is going to be we're really excited about her and and again her mom is has done a tremendous job with her and uh, they're excited to be coming to Texas
1: well, it's just exciting to talk ball again, Vic. Man, I just just can't can't tell you how much can't tell you enough how much we appreciate you coming on. The Longhorns played the defending national champion Stanford Cardinal two o'clock Sunday on ESPN. We will be watching, Vic. Safe travels and good luck in Palo Alto.
4: Man, appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for your coverage and. And, again, I appreciate your interest in our program. And we'll do it again, all right? Praise the Lord and hook them. Have a thank good
1: day. Thank you, Vic. Take care. Thank you, Vic. Good
3: luck to you. On Second Thought.
1: Duck, Vic Schaefer, game face, 24-7. He never turns it off.
3: <laughs> he never does. He's a joy to talk to. I, You and I consider our jobs – a privilege and a blessing and we have never forgotten that because you know i grew up son of a cotton farmer chopping cotton picking cotton mm-hmm. and didn't want to spend my whole life on a tractor and you and i are just blessed to, to have the careers that we have and, and and that's what vic is vic brings so much he brings joy and passion to his job and boy it sure shows doesn't it
1: it really does and man i'm you talk about joy and passion. On Monday night, Duck, we were at the Headliners Club in a room of a couple of hundred people, and we were treated to royalty in broadcasting and the uh, NFL. Roger Stahlbach and Vern Lundquist, uh, we got to watch them speak for about an hour, and man, we talk about game face on Vic Schaefer. Roger Staubach is still very competitive at 79 years of age.
3: <laughs> He really is. He really is, and like you say, it was mesmerizing. I mean, Vern Lundquist, the Hall of Famer in his own right, was interviewing him, and I just was mesmerized. He he has always been my favorite quarterback. You know, I grew up loving the Cowboys and the New York Yankees because they, they were on TV. You know, Yankees were the game of the week every Saturday. They were owned by CBS for a while, and. And the Cowboys were on every Sunday, and that was my team growing up. And uh, you're right, though. I mean, he's boy, you know, he's just. Shy. He's what is he? About eighty now? I 79, think
1: seventy-nine. Uh,
3: seventy-nine. He sure had so many great stories. I don't know what was your favorite story uh, <laughs> Monday night. I love the uh, one where he was were- on the ledge uh, on a twelfth floor of a building trying to get Tech Shrem's attention that he's on the phone. And oh my God! he gave Tech Shrem a heart attack.
1: Oh man. I was like, uh, you know what, when you're young you like that, you're indestructible. I think my favorite was um, I think my favorite was him trying to explain away that he that his pass to Jackie Smith in the first Super Bowl against the Steelers was a little off target. I was like, uh it hit him between the eight and a one. I don't know I don't know anything about but off target. He's trying to save Jackie, you know. Anyways, and Jackie but in Smith-
3: fairness, you know, he said they'd put in that was supposed to be a play on the
1: on the goal you know, line.
3: Inside the three, and they were on the, what, the 11? Mm-hmm. So he thought, well, the whole route a little bit changed. And like he said, he didn't think Jackie was expecting it that quickly, you know, when he made his cut. But I don't know. That and uh, Buckner between the legs stands as two of the most painful, gut wrenching plays in sports history because they are tagged by those plays. You hear either one of their names. And that's immediately what you think of. And Jackie was a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame
1: tight end, Class Funder, of '94. Buckner,
3: one of the best players, best hitters, smoothest strokes ever. Yet they're known for that, and that's kind of the the shame of sports, isn't it? A little bit.
1: Oh yeah, you know the Mitch Williams theory. You know, Mitch. When I say Mitch Williams, people go, "Oh, Joe Carter." Man, Mitch yeah. Williams oh, was, yeah. a, was a was a really good power reliever, but. We remember him giving up the walk-off to Joe Carter. That's what we remember him mm-hmm. for. But the one mm-hmm. thing um, I, I, um, the the one thing that really resonated with me with Roger Staubach was the, the reverence and the respect that he always got from his teammates. I mean, Thomas Hollywood Henderson uh, was 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 at the uh, Headliners Club on Monday night, right. and he has more right. than once is credited Roger Staubach with saving his life. Charlie Waters, mm-hmm. the uh, all-pro safety, went through a dark time in his life. And Roger yeah. Staubach, Roger Staubach came to his rescue, uh, gave gave him somewhere to start, a, invested in his business, gave him a space to work in. So it's those kind of things. And um, – you know, uh, speaking of that, Duck, I ask him about those two guys. Listen up. Hey, Roger Cedric Golden, Austin American Statesman. Yeah. Uh, your your career accolades are, you know, legendary. But when you, when I hear about your teammates, uh, talk about what you did for them off the field. Charlie Waters said you pulled him out of a dark place. Thomas Henderson said you saved his life. Uh, when they speak w- about you with such reverence, what does that
0: mean to you? Well, it these. Uh, these are not only human beings, but they're teammates, and they're you know I'm, we, I we talk about that we I would do anything to help help. We've done a lot of uh, and I know I know this the same guys that, that I've helped that are same, would, would be would do that for me too. So uh, you know that's that's just a hard question because uh, you know we're you know. Think of uh, the importance of uh, of other people and uh, care about them in, uh, in this crazy world. You know, this this is a great country, but uh, as you know, we, we didn't we 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 didn't get it. I mean, we had uh, we did not understand the evils of discrimination and uh, and so it's 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 a constant battle, really. To uh, give a darn about someone other than yourself and uh and so that's I mean, teammates where that's easy easy to do but thomas uh is is uh, i mean he's got a number of years that he's just been a great great person that cares and helps other people so it's uh it was easy you know to to be involved in Thomas's life has been a real uh, pleasure for me.
1: You could hear the emotion in his voice, Doug, when he was talking because you know, he wasn't really comfortable talking about it because he's kind of a he's a right. giver and so so for for him to 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 be so uh emotional all of these years later, 40, 40 years later uh and and he still has an effect on his teammates. That's called greatness and that's called legacy, Duck.
3: Well, you know, they gave away uh, a football charity raising money, and, and one gentleman, I think, paid $10,000 for the football signed by Vern and Roger and just said, you know, just what an honor it was. He called him a great American. You know, mm-hmm. here's a guy that served his country in the Navy, and it just, you know, he, he's the all American kid, you know. I mean, he grew up and Honored his commitment to Navy and served the country before, you know, he uh, he started his uh, pro career as a Hall of Fame quarterback. And it was funny too that he was talking about uh, how Gil Brandt, the talent scout for the Cowboys, tried to talk uh, him into see if he can get out of that commitment to the Navy. And Roger laughed and said, "Yeah, my mom threw him out of the house." Wow! (laughs) He's the guy that took sacrifice and commitment. Uh, and love for this country to uh, above and beyond.
1: I I remember the guy they wanted that bid the $10,000 on the ball. Uh, He was like, the biggest mistake I ever made was not coming to work for you. And when he said the biggest mistake (laughs) I ever made, I leaned over to you. I go, you mean the biggest mistake besides paying $10,000 for a for a football, <laughs> <laughs> like, hey hey hey,
3: it went to a good call. It with the scholarship. It
1: really did, and so uh, uh, the host, Ed Clemens, did a wonderful job. Uh, Twenty thousand dollars, it was great. Twenty thousand dollars for those two footballs, and Roger Staubach threw those footballs to the people who bid on them. So that was really really cool. Such a great event, yeah. man. And uh, I I just I just love when legends come together and. Um, they don't get much better than the Vern was duck. They just don't, I yeah. mean, down to earth and funny and witty and still sharp after all of these years. Um, uh, I just counted it as joy. And you know what? The steak and shrimp were not bad either.
3: <laughs> no, you're right. I enjoyed also the conversation about the Hail Mary against Minnesota and how Roger kind of coined the phrase Hail Mary, uh, in an interview after the game. And, uh, I love how he said, uh, uh, "Yeah, and Nate right, you know, Drew didn't push him at all." And Vern chimes in, and "Say, yeah, Nate, Nate's flip, Nate's flip." So that's one of the most painful memories in Vikings history. Yeah. You uh, know, that was the year they were supposed to win it all. So they were good um, yeah, that year. Was, yeah, it was just so much fun and so much pleasure, and uh, it was uh, just fun to be with him. And that's, like I said, one of the perks of our jobs, and we don't take it for granted.
1: Well, real quick before we get out of here, Duck. I got I I we got to hit a little bit on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you got fined $14,000 for walking around without a mask and lying. Huge, lying? Man, huge
3: amount. I don't know how he's going to pay that.
1: I don't either. I and really the Packers don't. the Packers got got docked 300 grand, which is sitting in the cookie jar in the team kitchen, I'm sure, in petty cash. Yeah. You the NFL's afraid of the superstars. You can I mean, these referees and and the league it they are complicit in protecting these big names because I'm watching the game Monday night. They flag a Kansas, I mean a Chicago defensive end, Cassius Marsh, just for looking at the Steeler bench and staring him down. But Aaron Rodgers can score a touchdown in Chicago and go, I own you. I've owned I've owned you all my effing life. And not yeah. a peep from the league. And now now he's He's walking around without a mask and lied to everybody about it, and gave this half-lame explanation. Goes well to those who may have been misled. And I thought he's going to go. Well, I'm sorry, but he didn't. He goes. I stand behind everything I said. I think Aaron Rodgers might be a sociopath, duck.
3: Well, he's not the most popular guy in the league, that's for sure. And
2: and
3: I know now that he's got that huge fine. I'm I'm just glad he's got the side <laughs> gig with Jeopardy. So. He can uh, afford that and still pay his rent.
1: Uh, get some state, get another month, advance so. from the State Farm people, who coincidentally are standing behind him on all this. The one thing I did notice yeah. on Sunday is I didn't see any State Farm commercials with Aaron in them. It was all Mahomes
3: all day long. Yeah, you wonder if they're going to pull those for a while or something. So, uh, but uh, yeah, and you know he he champions himself as a rebel. You know, the way conduct himself. You know, he, he loves that long hair, shaggy look like. I'm my own guy. and uh, Not a fan. You know, and, and, then, and then when Jordan Love goes out there and plays like that, you're thinking, yeah, his ego just got an even bigger boost. Where, where do you think possible. he's going to be next year? I, I think he might be a stealer.
1: I think he is because Big Ben's washed. Big Ben is done. He is so yes. – he's like he's like a steak that's been on the grill for like three hours. He's so well yeah, done. He's it's finished. not even funny. Can't throw long. Yeah. Can't move anymore. And that's what made Big Ben special, Doug. He could he could move maneuver around in that pocket as a big guy and buy a little yep. bit of time. Now oh, he's just a sitting duck in that yeah. in that in that Not pocket. Pretty. Yeah, I I really believe that that is the spot for Big Ben. I mean, for Aaron Rodgers, I, too. I think I think well, Pittsburgh is perfect. There's a mutual
3: respect between him and, and the uh, the coach, so it just seemed like a natural landing spot. And you know, Aaron, he's you know, what does he won One Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, he's won one.
3: Yeah, isn't that incredible? One Super Bowl. And you know he wants to <clears throat> get another before he sets down his bucket. So you know he's not going to a bad team. <clears throat> so, you know, he's got Najee Harris and that Seager defense. It just seemed like such a natural landing spot.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you know, he, he's, he can't wait to get out of there. I mean, he said he's having fun, but they're not they're not good enough, I don't think, to come out of the no. NFC. I think I think the, the Rams, the Buccaneers, or what happened to the Cowboys, Duck? What Ooh, happened to the, the Cowboys? They
3: the got
1: they got blitzed by Teddy Bridgewater. What is that about?
3: That such an ugly game, ugly game. I mean, they just never showed up. I mean, Dak didn't look good, dropping passes. Just Teddy Bridgewater carving them up. It's, it looked like a team that read its clippings and kind of mailed it in. saying, well, we're at home playing Bridgewater, no big deal, and they got it handed to them.
1: The Von Millerless Denver Broncos, I might add.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Got after them, much so. for
3: keeping your great best players. You know?
1: Oh, I know. So, well, man, let's let's shut this thing down. What a great podcast today, man! All over Roy Miller, all over Vic Schaefer, all over the NFL. What more do you want from me and the duck? Because we're giving it all to you. That will do it for Episode 241 of On Second Thought. Thanks to Roy Miller. Thanks to Vic Schaefer. Thanks to Kirk's dogs. For the duck, Kirk Bowles, I'm Seth Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.